This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Professional wrestling. Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins here as always with Chris Novembrino taping on a early Friday for me, at least 1125. I have taken the day off. It is, it's my birthday, Chris. It, well, it's, <laughs> Willie Ber- it's Willie Nelson's birthday too, Hawkins yes. and-, and Uma Thurman and Jerry Seinfeld and Andre Agassi. I know. So I, I would Daniel put you Day Lewis. Out, Daniel out Day of Lewis. those six Hawkins, I would put you solid three <laughs> in the pack. Yeah, 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 not. not. Yeah. Willie first, obviously. Uma's kind of a babe. Still kind of got a thing for her. Yeah. And then you. And then you. And, me. and, and yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis underneath. He's a bit of an overacting ham. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. Like, you know, I kind of think that at times, number three. to be honest with you. But everybody loves Daniel Day-Lewis. But I just, I watch his movies. I go, oh, he's just chewing scenery right now. Don't get me wrong. When he's understated, he's great. But when was the last time he played an understated role? I mean, even Lincoln, he's got a chewing scenery in that thing. Drain! Oh, kind of chewing scenery <laughs> in Lincoln. Well, I mean, in uh, comparison I, to, say, De- think, modern-day De Niro and Pacino, who are just like, ah, ah, ah. I'm also a minority opinion on Lincoln in that, like, I thought the movie was basically an inadvertent comedy because it was so over-the-top <laughs> and farcical. Oh, the <laughs> wacky adventures of the 16th president of the United States. <laughs> well no it was more like an absurdist comedy where like obviously lincoln was a great man but the way he sort of portrayed in that movie moves him from like great american historical figure to like proto god type like christ-like <laughs> enlightened philosopher it's a weird birthday because it's it's one before a milestone birthday so it's the reflective birthday and you're just like oh you know i've tried a lot of things and i've failed a lot of things but i'm not doing too bad for myself it's you know i'm at a job that's not stressing me out completely um you know one more year i can be in the wwe's demo so that'll be nice last year in the actual demo that uh advertisers care about uh yeah, I I treated myself though. I went to before the show. I told you I had to go uh, pick up a steak. I I uh, I paid for a wagyu, an A five wagyu ribeye. Nice. I go, and I well, I go. I you know I've never had such a thing. It's a nice store too. It's 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 called a uh, Butcher and Booze in Glendale, California. It's fantastic, and their their selection of bourbon <laughs> will make you weep. But it's it's one of those things where I go in, and the guy goes. Yeah, I, I had ordered it online and, 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 he got, and they text you when it's ready for pickup. He goes, well, they cut it big, but there's nothing we can do about it now. And I almost started to cry I'm with tears of joy. It's like, yes, when you pay for an expensive steak and they cut it way too big. <laughs> this is the age I'm at is where I'm excited over meat. Like birthdays when you're a kid are a lot more exciting because you get toys or electronics or stuff. Now I'm excited about meat, Chris. I mean, I'm basically at a point now where nothing makes me more excited than the prospects of getting a Mesa bookie amplifier. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so so. I I have these these dreams at night of a one by 12 Mesa bookie 50 watt (laughs) amplifier sitting in my bedroom. 
okay, good. So, so it's, like, it's like, well, when I was getting Civil War books, that was nerdy, but now this. <laughs> I, I am I so I am so glad that I as I move into middle agedom I acquired hobbies <laughs> that are somewhat cool. So it won't fully set into the general public how uncool I am until I'm sixty, and by then I'm scot free. Well, if you're sixty and you're like still doing night gigs on Fridays, uh, I, don't I mean, know, maybe. <laughs> well, no, honestly, at that point, it just depends on what type of clubs you're playing. That's true. Like, too, if you're yeah. no, if you're doing the jazz clubs around here, too, jazz like, clubs would be nice. But no, rock it's clubs yeah. There's some, at like no, two would, in the, I, if you're in the two in the morning slot on that from that Friday Saturday. No, God, God help overnight. me if I'm still playing the double wide here when I'm <laughs> when I'm in like in my late fifties. So no, knock on the double wide. They've been wonderful to my band and everything. That's but, like, like the, that's like the equivalent of like Wednesday one thirty in the morning at at the M on on melrose out here in la or the comedy store or something like that you know you, you see these guys and they're like late 40s who are still doing the open mic circuit you're just like oh my god i don't want to be that guy but you know if i go back now i'm that guy so <laughs> no but like yeah you know ideally i i have some sort of a residency at a place like the balcony club or something like that in my 50s where you know i'm like the the session guitar player for the evening get paid all right you know settle in settle in here Goals, Hawkins. Got to have goals. What are your goals? Uh, my goals are to retire and to buy a house outside of the Los Angeles area. That's that is, those are my two goals right now is, is to be able to keep this job and keep it paying and to hopefully make enough money now to get out of L.A. and buy a decent house. Somewhere. No, like all that sounds awesome. I, I have like one question Um, because I'm a little bit younger than you. I'm a yes. millennial. Yes. Um, What is what is house? retirement? What no, is no. What, yeah. What is a house? I, uh, I don't because. I, yeah, like my people that we can't afford to hold, hold on hold on hold on you're 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 in your 30s you remember 2007 2008 when everything came crashing down it's i tried to, to block i tried i tried to black out that experience yeah. uh and, and it traumatized me all through my 20s but you're right now that you mention it it is starting to come back a little yes. bit yes yeah the, the mid-aughts are back and they're better than ever chris <laughs> even in wrestling in some ways with ring of honor back and all these other things uh, not big news this week, but interesting news that we'll talk a little bit about. And Chris will be the judge of whether or not it's interesting. Interesting to me. I will be the judge. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Chief Justice No. Chief, oh, God help us no. No, no. I, I, better country. Finally. No. no. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Well, never mind. I'm not going to go into my judicial philosophy. Uh, no, no, no I, I'm sure everyone would love sure to hear a wrestling no, Hawk, podcast. It's, it's your birthday, Hawkins. We've got five minutes let for this. Let me talk to Please, you about the wonders give me some of originalism and yes, federalism. Let me give you the wonders of constitutional originalism and federalism, everybody. First, we start. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, opening the news. This guy loves Scalia, though, people. <laughs> more of a thomas guy than scalia but you know you're uh, <laughs> the only i mean <laughs> let's move on a, a fine american yeah well, look I, I liked the sarcasm of scalia always uh the only contract brett hart has with wwe at the moment is a merchandising deal according to a report from dave Meltzer of the wrestling observer aew was under the impression that hart could not appear for them based on an agreement they believed he had with WWE, but Hart has said his only deal with WWE is for merchandise. However, Bret Hart said that his only deal with WWE is merchandising deal and ha has no other deal, Meltzer wrote in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. So that makes, that makes the landscape for this Owen tournament a little bit more interesting, Chris. 
Absolutely. And I, I think, as you saw, FTR lean into the callbacks to the Owen and Brett spot, even with the tights and everything. I it, Like, it makes sense that Brett is the guy to ultimately kind of speak sense into these two dudes and have him have them break away from the pinnacle. Um, so I'm, I'm actually excited that this means that there's more of a potentiality that Bret Hart gets aligned with FTR. Cause I think that'd be good for all three of them. Bring up that pinnacle thing. When we talk about the cash and Dax match a little bit, cause I think they should have, leaned into that a bit as part of the story if they were going to do this match but we'll get into that in yeah. the, in the lazy river section uh going over to japan new japan pro wrestling returns to the pay pay dome the former fukuoka dome on may 1st for its first show in the building since 2001 the card taking a hit when both will osprey and tatsumi fujinami tested positive for covid this week in addition quietly the situation has also affected wwe as wwe talents are specifically told not to mention COVID positives without company authorization. But we are told there have been a few changes in television in recent weeks due to COVID, which changed previously announced matches. And this is all happening in the backdrop, at least here in America, of COVID numbers, uh, despite what media coverage is sort of doing, ticking back upwards. Um, Like very quietly here over the last month, we went from being like under 50,000 cases, which is kind of like what I would consider within the sustainable realm to what now we're back over, like we're getting closer to like a hundred thousand cases a day again, um, kind of quietly, qu- kind of overnight here. Um, meanwhile, the national conversation sort of uh, is centered around this notion that uh, all of this is over and we can go back to normal. And I think it just sort of speaks to the distance between those two fact sets. Yeah. It's going to be also interesting to see, look, if, if this continues and especially with, I, I don't know if Japan's still doing the two week quarantine or not, but, the uh the pay-per-view uh in june in chicago the forbidden door pay-per-view i'm wondering what happens if things continue as they are yeah and and just as an anecdote from my own life this week right um one of my students uh she had a school play thing really it was really excited for her going into the school play thing this is out in virginia um Ah, the school plays and right yeah and you know she was getting ready for it i I was excited for her because it's a great opportunity for her to do some tech theater stuff and kind of get more experience working around the stage and stuff to me being a good musician sort of really understanding the stage as your home right um so she gets ready for this play she actually ended up getting herself a speaking part and getting more involved in it super excited for her um the play happens here um over this last weekend and by the end of the weekend the entire cast and many members of the audience had the coronavirus like the play ended up turning into a super spreader event so this is still very real very out there and there are a lot of people emotionally and financially invested into saying that this is over but for those of us who are not it is not no but it, it is at least more livable now with, with the vaccines and stuff like that yeah oh ab- no no it, and to that point i mean charlotte and her family being vaccinated and everything um she she ended up having you know mild symptoms but is still home and yeah. you know st- if you're symptomatic stay home yeah definitely. yeah 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 no it's, it's still it's still an issue um and also you know i mean the tough part is even if you you have it kind of you know you're doing the right things here there's always this like danger that you might inadvertently infect someone who has made choices to not get vaccinated and yeah. that sort of thing and then they have a really bad episode and then that weighs on your conscience whether how much it should or whatever totally debatable and all that stuff but it still weighs on your conscience if you're a decent person did, did you ever do school musicals like the Christmas mu- or the holiday musical, call it Christmas musical and then other musicals in, in uh, 
I never did the musicals. Yeah, I was always do, I, I was always doing the uh, talent shows. We were um, always forced to when I was. We didn't have to. It was like you know you buy those you buy the ready made musicals packets from some educational company and then you do them. I, I was always in the chorus. Ne- never a real part in it. It's like always oh, the chorus. I just remember one we did for was about the eighteen nineties. For some reason, I'm just like, do parents really want to come and watch their kids sing about the good old 1890s? I, I mean, Jack it was Sullivan and it, <laughs> or it was essential for me though. Like, like doing the stage stuff um really helped me get over when I was a teenager stage anxiety. Okay, um, I used to no, and now like I get on oh, stage, no, I'm, I still haven't gotten over my stage anxiety. To be honest with you, and I've done no, stand up for improv for decades. It, it so. really required me having some like not great moments, like some meltdowns and stuff in my like teenage years and, or whatever on stage to realize like okay, I basically had to like suck actively and in like an embarrassing way to learn how to manage and stuff. And like like I now look back on those failure experiences as being invaluable. Yeah, I did a church musical and uh, had a nice falsetto at the time. I hit puberty like the day before I did it. Cracked <laughs> on stage. It was just embarrassing. It was just the worst. I it just, I know I'm getting PTSD from all my performances as a kid. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Anyways, let's go to another story before I start sure. getting psychological here. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'd hate for that to start happening well, on this episode. Well, doctor, I've always had issues when I. <laughs> Uh, the first sign of the realities of the Discovery merger with uh, Time Warner Media are not good for TBS and TNT, but not unexpected, reading from the Wrestling Observer. TNT and TBS are cutting way back on scripted programming. Discovery CEO David Zaslav has promised he, he will find $3 billion in cost savings across the new company in the post-merger era, according to an article in Variety. The article noted that the Warner Media-run cable channels will no longer develop any new scripted content. On the investor call for Discovery's first quarter business rundown on April 26, CFO, this German name, Gunnar Wiedenfels, said that Warner Media Assets' profit projection for 2022 is $500 million lower than Discovery expected. And Discovery's better than expected results help offset that for Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, here on the States, not reading anymore, uh, we, we saw what happened because CNN Plus was the victim of, of this as well. Uh, the people Discovery didn't want CNN Plus to ever launch. They thought it was just a waste of money and a waste of time. Last less than a month, taken down. Um, in terms of wrestling, this is interesting because uh, AEW is not expensive per se in terms of the actual production and things like that. Now it does have, and it's not like it, it, while it is scripted, it's also not scripted in the way that you would think about yes, scripted yes. TV like this, right? Yes, but it's also not it's also not really a live sport either. So it falls into that kind of thing where it's like it's not because because one of the things about sports is it's it's not it's DVR proof. You want to watch live at the time. AEW still has that in some ways, although not as much as you'd think, because a lot of people DVR wrestling still still to watch it. Um, Also sort of interested in I mean. Like we remember there were stories about AEW developing scripted projects to help their brand and things like that. And I'm wondering if this also might've had something to do with Cody Rhodes jumping to WWE because he had go big show, which is, you know, it's not, it's not exactly a scripted thing, but he did have Rhodes to the top. He was interested in doing more on the production arm of other, he wanted to be a TV mogul as did his wife. Um, 
and as did dusty too i mean yes, like, like yeah. all the, uh, they they've always the Rose family the loves 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 performance I, again yeah. as, I, as i say a lot i share i share an agent with dustin Rhodes if, if he ever goes back into acting but yeah i'm uh i'm wondering though what happens now with any kind of streaming deals or anything like that as they're looking to cut costs i'm 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 wondering, I mean, look, it, it's obviously in-house, so it'd be one of those things. But of course, AEW would want to be paid for streaming rights. It would want it wants to expand its programming to Ring of Honor, as we've been seeing constantly on the AEW television. Uh, and Discovery likes to do things on the cheap. Discovery loves Discovery are the masters of the non-union recreation program. So they, you know, they, you know, true crime or whatever, those types of things. You see. From, from my point of view, before I joined uh, SAG, I went out for those things all the time. I actually booked a couple and I never plugged them or anything like that because I don't want people watching those things for the most part. But, but they, they are the masters of very cheap, on-the-fly programming and getting a lot of it in there. Um, how do you think this affects AEW if it does at all? I mean, I think how this affects AEW is that it's going to be very hard for them to get additional juice from the network. I don't think it results in the network trying to gut them in any sort of aggressive way immediately as part of the 3 billion or anything like, like I'm not worried about. But they're going to be tighter on the purse strings. Right. Right. And so like, yeah, when, you know, if AEW wanted that big network push, it seems less likely now than it did a couple of years ago when they were getting, I mean, they're getting a pretty great treatment from TNT Network initially. They still uh, are in their in the yeah. new in the new version that's playing during all the NBA playoffs and stuff. Wrestling, even though Rampage is the only show on there, it's it's featured fairly prominently in the ads for TNT. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, this the Shaq synergy was actually great for them. Um, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It, 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 I, th- that's the thing where. Like where where could this potentially hurt? I think it's less synergistic moments and interactions with the network, um, which is unfortunate because I I actually think I mean frankly I think the wrestling tie-in with the basketball world makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways culturally, um, and 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 to have I think it'd be good for AEW and in a way actually kind of cool for the NBAers too to have this tie-in to a wrestling promotion. The inspiration have left Impact Wrestling saying they need some time off. Uh, it is rumored that they're going to be trying acting for a while. I also think they're probably just going to go to Australia for a while because I don't think either have been back for three or four years. Uh, they dropped their tag match on Impact Rebellion this past weekend. Um, that's, uh, that's an interesting call, especially for Billy Kay, just because, look, this, is, this, is a ve- this town is very 20-something centric in terms of young women getting into acting. It's not that they're not very pretty and very beautiful. Billy Kay is, I think, 34 or 35. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, I wish them the best of luck out here. It's a grind. I think at least one of them's coming back to wrestling, though. At some, I think Cassie Lee will come back to wrestling eventually. I think Billy Kay will eventually go back to Australia, though. Yeah, I, I mean... Because her Billy, husband's there too, I think. right? And Billy's always been more of a personality than a wrestler. Yes. Um, and, and she's a very good personality. She's very yes. funny. Oh, uh, yeah, very good. yeah, she, yeah. No, no. She, she's got. I mean, it's kind of a weird skill set, but she's got the pretty girl who's actually funny thing down very oh, well. Yeah, no. I, I heard from um, I heard from people in the Florida improv community that uh, 
yeah, that she had she has the goods when it comes to doing actual real comedy for for and and yes, being a pretty girl in comedy is tough because you'll get you. <laughs> The thing about that is- No, because people, I mean, it's sort of a double-edged sword, right? People grade you on a, on a sharper curve too because you're pretty and so they go like, oh, you've got that working for you so you need to be really funny now. Sometimes. If they're trying to sleep with you, sometimes they'll laugh at whatever you say and tell sure. you it's funny too. And, and, I mean- <laughs> and that, I, but that can honestly be a mixed blessing too because then yes, you're not getting it's useful feedback is. to make yourself funny. Very funnier. much is, yes, yes. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. I could, I could also see Billy Kay getting- you know, booked on sitcoms and booked in commercials. And she has, like you said, commercials she'd be great at. That's that's what I'm thinking. I just, it's it's weird because you don't get a lot of Australian actresses in, in American commercials. So maybe the, maybe the room is back home to do that kind of acting. But yeah, I, th- I think she has the chops for it. Definitely. I, I you know, she's, she was making chicken salad in, in WWE for a long, long time. So yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, the, the headshot thing was great. Yes, uh, yeah. It was, it was really funny. I, and, and she was doing a lot of stuff in WWE kind of on the underground mic circuit where you just talk on like some random video thing. And whenever she would do one of those, those were always very oh, funny. Oh yeah. The thing with yeah, Kathy yeah. Kelly, when they lost the rumble, both of them were just, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> can you go that, to journalism for that? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, no, I, I, she's great. She's, yeah, she's no, very and, and, funny. And this is on my lazy river, but while we're on comedy and chops, we got we got to give some props to Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn are just all fantastic. Seth Rollins's character might be grating, but but the but the uh, but the vignette with Kevin Owens in the back where they're discussing how Seth walked out on him, and he does that flout, that gasp. Like, how dare you? <laughs> thing. I, I was howling at that. They, you may not like their characters, but they have such great comedic chops that, that they're, they're hard not to love. Yeah, like Owens and Zane, especially Owens. Yeah, like Kevin Owens always and he's more of a straight man doing funny stuff too. That's that's the good thing about. Yeah, him. he has the quick react. No, he yeah. he does tend to work as the straight man, but what he's great at is the exasperated, exasperated reaction line. man yes yep. yeah he's so good at that yeah which was which was my my strength um in comedy as well was playing playing the guy who reacted big to somebody else's absurdity yeah it's why i don't really like the whole I, his obsession with liars or whatever right now because it moves him more to the wacky man and he is just way better as the guy where Crazy stuff is happening around him, and you live yeah. through Kevin Owens's exasperation. The, 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 the Frank Grimes situation yes. from, from yeah. the Simpsons. Yeah. Like, why do you all like this guy? He's a moron. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. Uh, we might talk a little bit more about that in the Lazy River. Uh, injury news. Sammy Guevara injured on April 27th in the latter match where he lost the TNT title to Scorpio Sky. A few minutes into the match when he climbed to nearly the top of the ladder and came off with an attempt at a 630 body block. And he came down so fast that Sky couldn't break his fall, landed on his neck and his left shoulder, says he's okay, but he hurt his neck and his back. Yeah, I that spot. I, I, I watched tweeted, that spot I a tweeted, couple of oof. times. It, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, yes, Sky was not there to really break that at all. Like the most, I mean, and, and actually, if you watch it, you might go, oh, well, the leg catches Sky. But the leg actually catches Sky after Guevara has already hit yeah. his back and yeah. shoulder to the ground. Yeah. So well, like, he's already hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there, yeah, no, there was no actual break from Sky. I mean, it was, it was a really questionable move at that time. I, I, I just, I, I remember watching, going like, why did you choose to do that spot here? Like, 
Because it was a 630 corkscrew, not even a splash. It was a corkscrew like body plancha. So it was going to end in him sort of heaping on the ground. It was just going to be a scenario where Sky brunts it a little bit and then Guevara kind of duffs it onto the ground and it's not so bad. But like, I, I just thought it was a very questionable choice in the match. I'm glad that he's not more severely hurt than he is. But I, I remember watching that and going like, well, that was a really stupid move right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest. No, I, no, I, 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 <laughs> I thought the Spanish fly onto the ladder was a very questionable move in terms of like safety, not like, okay, back by drop on the ladder. I just think the corkscrewing and then like, like laying your back over an uneven plane like that just seems like real, like an unnecessary risk for the vertebrae for a spot that wasn't even like the main spot in the match yeah. or anything. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about the ladder match uh, in the lazy river. I think I, I, sure. I had a f- few things that grinded my gears about that match, even though, even though I overall enjoyed it, there's a few things where I'm just like, Oh, we're rushing these types of matches for the last. Oh, you, what, you don't like hot potato things. title changes. I, you know what? I'm going to defend that in the lazy. River. Okay. All right. Well, I think we'll, I will. Uh, then, then we're got, gonna then got, we're gonna got, rumble in the lazy river. Okay, that's cool. That's it's cool. Gonna be, I, it's I, gonna be the rumble river. Okay, yes, but you know, these constitutional arguments between us. Um, well, I, it'd be more even-handed. <laughs> you have a chance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, I've taken a few law classes. Let me. Uh, Tyson Fury, uh, heavyweight champ, supposedly retired, but you know, money, money, money. Uh, not finished fighting though. Been talking a bit about fighting Francis Naganu, UFC heavyweight champ in a uh, somewhat of a hybrid event, but also chirping up being on that Cardiff Wales stadium show. And we saw him in Saudi Arabia for a show. He's not bad. He really is not bad. As long as he's still doing the boxer playing wrestler type thing. Then talking a little bit about doing a match with old Drew McIntyre there in Cardiff Wales. What do you say about that, Chris? I mean, look, uh, I think it'd be good for Drew McIntyre at, at bare minimum to, the, you know, be kind of exploring more interactions with Tyson Fury and stuff. It, Drew seems like a, a talent that WWE is slowly forgetting about. And so I, I don't think it's a bad idea for Drew to be thinking about diversifying himself a little bit more. I like Tyson Fury a lot. The guy can talk. He yep. seems like he's having a lot of fun, whatever he's doing. When he was uh, doing and the, the, and the with, gyp- yeah, the Gypsy King gimmick's a great gimmick. Yeah, when he was doing the the build with Braun, he looked like he was having the time of his life. I like guys who look like they're enjoying themselves. I disagree with you somewhat on Drew. I think, I I think they're trying to figure out when to pull the trigger on him with with Roman around there, and how do they do it without hurting Roman in some ways, which is a which is a bad spot to be. Okay, maybe maybe I'm. Hey, right, am I talking you back in here? Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think Drew's gonna be on the altar of Roman Reigns at some point. Do you? Because I I, I, I no, I don't think he beats Roman. I think he loses to him. Okay, so do you? Because because one of Cody or Drew is probably. Yeah, I got Cody. I got Cody. I got really? Cody. Okay. Yeah. I, I had him winning by like a count out where the title switches and it's kind of like, but I had, I thought I, I was thinking Drew pinned Roman. I was thinking maybe that, but maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm wrong. And finally in the news, not really news, but it was an interview that caught my attention. So I'm going to, going to pull a Sam Kinison from back to school, classic Rodney Dangerfield and ask, is she right? 
Becky Lynch put over the Raw Women's Division in an interview this week as being the best in the world. When asked if the competition from AEW makes the WWE women work harder, she said, I wish I could say yes, but unfortunately, I don't think they're represented the way that we are. They don't get as much time as we get, and they're not, frankly, they're not as good as we are. We have, certainly on Raw, we have the best women's division in the world, in the world. And I say that without any hesitation in my voice, we have the best women's division in the world. So, counselor, is she right? Boy, um, I guess on, no, she's not. Um, there, there are certain nice talents in there. Becky's a nice talent. Sasha's a nice talent. Um, Bianca's a nice talent. Oscar, uh, Bailey, yeah. Oscar, Bailey, all, all very talented. Um, they have not been doing ring work at on par with AEW's women's ring work. Um, uh, and, and, okay. Well, no, okay. L- l- hold on here. I'm not saying the red velvets and the sky blues okay, of the world, right, Hawkins. Right, right, no, okay. no, no, no. I, I, I get. I, 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 I'm not talking about Jade Car Crash. I'm talking about. <laughs> no, you did not call her that. Oh no! Oh, do, oh I'm sorry. Her last name's. Uh, it's. Uh, it's Cardinal. Um, yes. Kerbal. Yeah, yeah. And she's. She's great. I love her. I love. No, she's really good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, she's, she's really good. Oh Hawkins. my god, yeah. Chris. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about the Britt Bakers, and I'm talking about the Hikaru Shidas and uh, Serena Deeb. Um, these yes. are all really, really good wrestlers. Um, and, and like Nyla can theoretically be in the mix with any of those other three and have a good match too. Yes. Um, yeah, but like, no, like they have they have very good wrestlers on AEW's roster. Um. The the issue is in the lower mid card. It's the yes. It's the sky blues. It's the um red velvet. If you're taking the aggregate average of the entire division type of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like I mean to that point, uh, it, and then it's a little bit of an apples and apples thing because it's kind of like maybe we should be talking about the AEW women's division as the dynamite division, and then like w- what you see on dark and rampage. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like, because that's honestly probably a fairer division of, like, Raw um, versus... Because I mean, she's, like, looking at Raw. She's not, like, let's say, scoring all of NXT here where uh, there's some serious shakiness. Um, you know. And, and even... It's, it's not like SmackDown's got this amazing roster of women. And, and more importantly than all of that, it doesn't really matter how good the talent is on the roster. Like, I love Oscar. Yes. You know, I love Oscar. Oh, yeah. She hasn't had a good, interesting match. And I'm not just saying because of the injuries. She hasn't had a good, interesting match in a long time. Yes, because it's been, been a re- yeah. <laughs> well, but no, it's but it's not just because she's been injured. It's because the WWE match style is boring. Yes. Because all she's done is hip checks for the most. But part. I'm sorry, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida had a much more interesting match this week on Dynamite than anything I've seen on WWE television in a long time. And I'm not saying that the Shida Deeb match is like my favorite match of of, of all time or anything between them. I, even I, I will. It was, I, it was good. I will. Um, but it was what, better than what WWE does. Yes, I'll tell you why she's a little bit right and she's a little bit wrong. Um, best women's division in the world. Stardom would like a word. Even Impact might like a word on the state side. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the top of that eight, the top of that Impact Women's Division is pretty damn fantastic. If we're comparing top to top to top, I think Raw is a very good Women's Division. I think AEW is now now with Tony Storm in the mix, it ha- has a nice top tier to their Women's Division. 
I think she's right in this respect. The interview segments with the women on Raw, despite being cartoony and buffoonish at times, and you know the the arena speak, which I think kills a lot of interviews and and the character stuff. They at least get a chance to go out there and do that stuff. This interview segment again, we had another Jamie Hader, Tony Storm. This time we're adding Ruby Riot in there and and Britt Baker thing with Tony Schiavone was horrible. It was death. And if they want to build up the women for the women's Owen tournament here and make it mean something. 30 seconds into the camera would do a lot more good than these women hate each other and are fighting backstage, but they can't fight each other because they've agreed to no physicality and they're making jokes about catering, which I think is death in a wrestling program right now. They don't get to cut great promos, but I did like, like I liked the, the deep video promo do more of that with these women, because I think they've squandered a bit of Tony storm doing these comedic she's just she just sulks and walks away yeah I, I love you know when assessing the aew women's roster it's even stronger than i sort of gave it credit for you have tony and ruby riot on this roster too like this is it, yeah and becky, and becky put becky put over ruby Riot a few sentences later and yeah I, I i mean and then like yeah okay so the the wwe women do get more mic time but then like also like Look at these characters. Like yes. what? Like what like is this Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch character? character? Yeah, just, I mean, I get that she's doing like paramour cosplay or whatever, but it's like she has become the the female Seth. I mean, and it's and it's not even it's not even arguable. I don't think it's like how weird can I go, and still get away with it type of thing. I I just it's. I did not. We're we're getting the lazy river right no, now. No, but like, like Seth and Becky both feel like characters very much for their own amusement, rather yes. than actual wrestling characters yes. that are designed to really draw meaningful heat. Yes, and they're playing it big because Vince loves that type of stuff. But man, I hated this Becky promo, and I love Becky. I think she has some acting chops, not not as much as people have given her credit for, for because she, you know, she took a couple acting classes at Columbia College in Chicago and people thought she was a theater person. I, I'm not going that far, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, <laughs> Oscar, oh, God bless Oscar. Oscar, number one, looks like she's having the time of her life whenever she's out there. But the flick of the nose, the one thing I did like about that uh, was, was the, was the attempts at, at, violence right afterwards where where oscar ducks her and then tries to do the spinning back fist and becky gets out of there real quick i thought that was cool i thought as opposed to becky being you know completely coward or oscar getting beat up there it both looked like okay we're dropping the facades and we're gonna try and fight now and then they did but it's like it's interesting to me i i, I look i'm here for a becky oscar match any day of the week yeah, the the Becky Oscar match will be fine. I, I the bill's gonna be dreadful. the, the bill. No, it, it it's cartoon villain versus cartoon Oscar. Yeah, let's let's clean up Oscar with because the, the green face paint, the goo was part of the whole Kabuki Warriors are heel type thing. But let's let's get back to Oscar. You know. <laughs> having some normal makeup on or, or something. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think they're, uh, they are just very into the idea of Asuka has the mist. Or like, the like, psycho clown thing that she used to do, the zombie clown thing. That yeah, was yeah. Too, but that was more of a heel thing. So that's it for the news. We now, with no sponsor, get into the Lazy River, whatever we watched. 
over the week, be it classic wrestling, new wrestling, something that caught our eye, what have you, goes here. Uh, I will start with a quick one and then throw it to Chris because I just over-talked in that last part. But uh, I, I rewatched Battle of the Belts, and I didn't bring this up during the, during the uh, Lazy River last weekend. So I'm going to bring it up now. This Satnam guy from India that they have, he has something. I, I'm not saying he's going to be a great wrestler, but in terms of giants and personality, what he did on Saturday, last Saturday, completely, or two Saturdays ago now, I guess, completely made up for the terrible debut that, that he had on, 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 the, uh, on the Dynamite after Samoa Joe beat Minoru Suzuki. He has some acting chops here, more so than any other guy other than maybe Paul White and maybe W. Morrissey, although Morrissey's still growing a bit, but Satnam had something there. I don't know if you got to watch Battle of the Belts or not. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I actually caught the Satnam thing. I think I saw a part of I, – I, I think I watched – I did watch some of it, but I, I mean, they, they it. killed Jonathan Gresham at that time. He's choking him from his knees. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Doing that. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing slab packs from Arena Club. Com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. 
And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Um, yeah, uh, the, the other person, I guess, kind of along similar lines, uh, who, who stuck out to me this week is Nick Camarado. Okay. Um, I think that they're misusing this guy. Um, he's got size. He's in great shape. Um, he's got the intimidation factor. And like, I, I think he's just really lost in the mix here in the factory. Like this is a guy I think needs a, a more meaningful monster mid card push. I don't disagree with you, but I think they did a lot to protect him in some ways in that six man versus the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. They, they sacrificed him to get Wardlow over, and that's fine. In this one, he was getting as good an offense in and it was doing as little damage to him for a big guy. They kind of are starting to do a slow rebuild on him here, so I'm kind of hopeful. But, yes, he is – I mean, dude, everything about him just screams <laughs> – that that if he if he can go in the ring, he could be a presence here. Yeah, he's got the look. He's got the yeah. classic intimidating heel face. I mean, he's got a face that is never turned baby face sort of. You know, like like this, it's kind of this like, guy would have been the number one heel in world class. Yeah, yeah, he no, he, 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 like he'd have been, been standard. He'd been in Skandar Akbar's army or the the court or was it uh, demo or demolition incorporate i think that was or the demo yeah something like that yeah. whatever he was calling it and uh yeah he would have been one of skandar akbar's uh island of Mis- yeah he has a little john nord slash bruiser brody, brody yep type of thing going with him i completely agree yeah and, and just i mean it there are big guys there are tall guys but there's a way that you fill out the frame and Camarado's got that. Like yeah. he, yeah, he he just fills out the frame in a way that really speaks to physical intimidation. I thought the pairing of him and Yuta was good. Um, the actual mat, the match that we're kind of referencing or talking around here. Um, I thought the end where Yuta like beats him by like reversing the stampede and just using like a bunch of elbows to get a pin was like weird and like clunky, and I didn't love it. Okay, but I, I get I get what they're trying to do with Yuta. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to toughen him up. They're trying to make yeah, him, yeah, yeah, for sure. For, for sure. from a high flyer to more of a, a, a quote unquote technician slash brawler. But uh, it is your turn on the uh, lazy river, sir. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's talk a little bit then about. I guess let's go ahead and do it. Let's do the ladder match here. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Sammy Guevara uh, ends up uh, going up against Scorpio Sky here. Scorpio Sky defeats Sammy Guevara to get his uh, his TNT title back here. Um, I, it's just so weird to see people aligned with Dan Lambert <laughs> get turned into baby faces and have Dan Lambert serve as like a baby face role. And because Lambert even seems somewhat uncomfortable doing this like it's 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 just i i mean like it's weird it's like it's weird to see this you know this guy this 50 year old man comes in and starts berating this woman and like then she kicks him and and the crowd's like no that was horrible how could you it's like like you know poor dan lambert's this sweet old man Well, there's bad and there's worse. It's like we don't like you, but we hate her. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, I, I know. I, it, it's just like I, I, he's such a natural heel energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and you got that in the post show or post match as well when uh, Kazarian comes in and and he and uh, 
Scorpio Sky kind of, you know, embrace. And, and, and then Paige and, and Lambert are just like appalled by this in, in every way. Uh, I had a couple of problems with this one. And most of them go to the barbed wire spots, which weren't really barbed wire. There was wire there. Don't know if there were any barbs on that thing. And look, I don't mind that. I don't mind guys not getting cut up for my personal entertainment on a t- weekly TV show. But you did three of these spots where guys get thrown in the barbed wire and they're right back up. The the one with Guevara going yes. off the ladder, landing into another ladder, and then still needing to do like a showy springboard thing to make it. No, I'm sorry. That should have been the end of the match. We're running short on time, guys. I got to get my last spot. And no, no, just, just have that. Just end. lay down after yes. you hit the, after the barbed wire ladder. That's like the gimmick super weapon. It's the gun in the cert, the forbidden gun was the barbed Check wire. La- yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the, and once that came out, that needed to be the weapon that delivered the fatal blow yes. to whoever received it. Yes. And that, that, that's the whole reason you bring out I, that gimmicked ladder. It's the only function it has in life. There, there's part of them that just thinks we got to do a lot here. So we have to add and, 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 and when you have everything you need right in front of you, like, the complete with the dog collar match that I had at, at uh, was it all out? Was that the name of it? What am I thinking of? What's the name of the paper, last pay-per-view? I can't remember it. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was revolution. I think that that's yeah. what it was. The dog double collar or nothing. The, double or nothing. Thank No, double or nothing's Vegas. Okay. My yeah. bad. <laughs> I know nothing. Well, it's like, it's not as easy for me to remember these things because it's modern as opposed to Starcade, great American bash. Um, but in that in that dog collar match, we both complain. Look, the dog collar is the thing that you need to get over here. And when you bring in thumbtacks along with the dog collar, it takes away from the actual dog collar part. And they do this a lot in all these types of street fights and other things like that. Like uh, we'll get in, we might get into the street fight a little bit later. But it was just like okay, a barbed wire ladder. Y- you did that for Philly for ECW. I get that. I get it, but you know, if it's not going to do any damage, then of what use is it? Quite frankly, as you said, your finisher, it should be okay. One shot with this, you land on the barbed wire. That's the end of the match right there to put over that. This barbed wire has killed this guy type of thing, but no, no, no. We have, we have another spot we have to do right here. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I just, I felt like this ladder match lacked a certain level of intensity. I thought the barbed wire thing was really contrived and not really earned. And then I, for me, the title change off of Guevara back to Scorpio Sky, I don't know that it helps Scorpio Sky, and I don't know that it helps Guevara. I get uh, that. I get yeah. No, your argument is correct there in some ways. I'm going to defend this now because it's obvious that this is the path. The path is this is going to be the TV championship where anybody can win it on any given week. It's not going to necessarily build up people in long title reigns. I don't necessarily agree with it per se, but if they're going to do this, it might, if they do it correctly, the mid card is a morass of 50, 50 booking right now in many, many ways it could heat up that mid card where it's like, okay, this is the week where Andrade is going to fight 
Scorpio Sky, well, then Andrade gets the title, and maybe it helps give him a little bit of a boost from taking the losses from Darby, et cetera, et cetera. That's the way it could be good if it's a, uh, you don't know week to week when this title is going to change. Hands. Yeah. I, so on that front, like, like if this is a move for the title, as in like, like we have a vision for the title. I'm not convinced of this, by the way. Um, not but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to have a real trust in booking in order this, to kind of buy a, into. This is a lawyer who's representing a client that he doesn't necessarily uh, believe is innocent. <laughs> does not have, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally understand here. Um, no, like, like assuming that is that. I mean, I do like the injection of something on every show where you don't know where the outcome is, is not something you can feel with like a strong degree of confidence, even as an informed watcher. Um, I like that. I, I, I just mean, again, and I like surprises. I just think if you're going to do surprises, they need to be in ways that like, I can look back retroactively and go, okay, I was surprised. Now looking back, it makes sense. And I think like, like I, I just feel some sort of trust on where this is going to go. I mean, I think what we're doing is we're going to ultimately be kicking Scorpio Sky out of American Top Team. Um, I, like I think like Lambert, Lambert and Page and all of them are going to be eyes askance on do you them. Th- do you think Kazarian joins them? Oh, that'd be interesting that like maybe Lambert makes Kazarian join. Or or we put SCU either with Lambert or we re- rebrand them as these two and we put them in the tag division, which is, you know, fairly bloated. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't, does SCU being back in the tag division really help? Like, say, let's say Jurassic Express. No, no. Um, and even if it was back on FTR or whatever. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure SCU versus FTR would be a lit match, but oh, yeah. I, it's it's not going to be like a primo feud where like the promo is like it would talk us into. It's just it's something that you and I would go like, well, yeah, this is going to be a great match. Like, like shut up and just watch. But like, it's it's just not. SCU is a good team that doesn't move a needle in terms Correct. of storylines like that. Cause like Kazarian and Scorpio, they just aren't those type of guys. I am going to go to raw real quick. Okay. Because we've had not a lot of WWE content on this show. And it's, it's just going to become an AEW show. Maybe that first hour of raw was dreadful, man. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even get past it. We we've had, and the problem isn't the wrestling or the talent necessarily. It's how they're presented. And again, if you're going to treat wrestling as a television show, as I do when I, when I analyze these things, character consistency is kind of important to me. And in this, in this first hour and a half or so, we had Carmella and Zelina reunited as a tag team after they broke them up to get Carmella on her honeymoon. All of a sudden, we had this 24-7 just, although Tamina, sneaky funny. Like her a lot. Tazawa, sneaky funny. Like him a lot. Like everybody in here, just just don't like it. And then uh, Ciampa is now a heel after being introduced as a babyface two weeks ago with no rhyme or reason to it. And I'm just like, I get that they have FU money, but it feels like, I mean, I don't know if the time between now and SummerSlam is going to be silly season or not. I know that the time between now and backlash is kind of replaying the hits because WrestleMania backlash is just, we're going to run back all these matches for, for WrestleMania. Again, we had the arm wrestling segment as well, which, you know, 
arm wrestling segments and wrestling go hand in hand in my childhood. But like, let's talk about this main event Ezekiel character. Yes, like, let's, this is like this character yeah. sucks. He's horrible. <laughs> he is it is taking a creator wrestler who has no personality and insofar as he has any personality at all. It's it I'm is, Ezekiel. Right. It's by referencing the fact that he is, but also is not Elias. Like yes. the, the, the most personality this guy has is his reference to, I hate interrupting people, which is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Say no more about how Elias used to come out yeah. and interrupt people. This character sucks and as okay. self-indulgent as Seth Rollins, yes and Becky Lynch are and their characters entirely for themselves and maybe one 70 year old man in the back 75 year old man in the back who needs to you know consider other jobs um Ezekiel's worse like he is a, he's not even amusing to the performer who's doing it the <laughs> only person amused by this Ezekiel antic is slightly Kevin Owens who's just having fun like trying to do a straight man to this like absurd gimmick and then obviously Vince McMahon he's the only one who finds this shit funny <laughs> yes He's the only one who finds it funny, but I'm going to say something to you, Chris. It's going to tick you off. It's getting over. The Ezekiel character for right now being teamed with all these other, and, and, it's, and it's mostly a product of the people he's there with. Right, no, because it has nothing to do with the ring work. That, I yeah. mean, that's, that's where the, he's not, beyond everything else, Hawkins, the guy's not a good baby face. He doesn't move very fast. He doesn't, he doesn't have do a very fire up very well. He doesn't have good dynamic offense. It, it, like he's just very poor at being this white meat baby face. I think you know babyface Elias works, but babyface Elias works and like because babyface Elias essentially gets to work at a heel's cadence, being too cool for school and sort of like out cooling the heel that he's up against. Um, this is white meat babyface Ezekiel, who's supposed to be house of fire, Marty Jannetty sort of energy. And this guy does not have, and I'm not talking about like bad Marty Jannetty. I'm talking like peak high energy, Marty Jannetty energy. This guy doesn't have it. He has, it's funny to me because he's, he's, he looks great, though. I mean, in terms of his body and being in shape. He, but well, he so did Janetti. But, but hold yeah. on, hold on. No, no, no. Not not to this, but he, this guy looks like bodybuilder dad, unfortunately, though, because he doesn't look like the younger brother. He looks like the older brother of Elias. And the reason they changed up his look, I guess, from what I've been told, I don't know if this is true or not, is that he looked too much like Randy Savage when he was Elias. And now they're dressing him up in ultimate warrior cosplay. And he's and, he, and he's the ultimate warrior. He's the ultimate warrior. He's just he has the tassels on. He looks jacked to the gills. He looks like he could do the whole rope shaking thing. But he's not. I, I'm trying to come up with like a Carrie Von Eric but boring pun because he kind of has oh, that energy. Carrie Von too. Eric was boring enough too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, oh, okay, I, I got it for you. He's the Texas Bornado. <laughs> Barry Von Eric. Uh, he's just because Carrie, look, Carrie was over, but he was, I mean, and he had good matches in world class. And then he got to WWF, and of course, he had the foot thing, and he can only do a limited amount. Of oh, stuff. Yeah, you know what's funny, though, is now that you know about the foot thing, go back and watch some of those matches. He's yes. actually doing some pretty incredible work yes. for a guy no, on one no, foot. No, yes. If, if, you, if, you, if you do it on a curve, he's doing some incredible work. Just not the most charismatic fella in the world. Is is Carrie Von Eric? Uh, yeah, uh, but <laughs> the ultimate warrior in Texas Bornado. Uh, let's get the puns going here. Yeah, it it is what it is. But it's just like, yeah, and 
I'm, I didn't I didn't even watch NXT to be honest with you. So when, when oh we get back I to did my turn, uh, yeah no 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 well, now, uh, now it's your turn. Let, so let us ahead. talk about Trash Legend here. Uh, and, and, <laughs> oh I did see highlights from this though. So yeah, yes. yeah 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 no no. Uh, <laughs> Trash legend, Trash it. legend. Come on, be nice. You've already said car wreck. No, I said car crash. Car I called her Jade. I called her okay. Jade car crash. Come on, man. And don't, then don't, Kerbal. And don't, then Kurgil. Don't, don't Russo this show for me, man. Don't. Uh, <laughs> no, but Lash like Lash legend. <laughs> Lash legend and Nikita Lyons continue to oh. be awful, both on the microphone <laughs> and in the ring. Like, like in the Nikita Lyons thing, it just it she's a look and that's all I yes. like they, they it's all and they just don't know what the hell they're doing with it after that and the thirsty people in my dms go did you see nikita line i go number one blonde's not my thing but the thirsty men who love nikita lions is is kind of might be enough at this point Chris. it might it, it might be enough for a minute here but like I mean, if any, if anything, Lash is sort of like the the cautionary tale here, right? Like, if if the thirst stops, yeah, and you still can't wrestle and you still can't talk, you're Lash Legend. Disappointed that they beat Roxy this early in. Yeah, I mean, she's looking good though. I, I mean, she I mean, does. She, I yeah, mean, I was she, shocked she, by how good she looked here. Yeah, she she's got it. Um. I I I wow. love Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon. I just okay. like they're great characters. I like they've got good charisma. Um, Valentina in particular, uh, I think really let, has it. Let me let me backtrack that. It's not that Roxanne Perez or whatever the name is right now is not a good worker or anything like that. It's that those things aren't generally rewarded necessarily nope. until nope. you've already been broken down and things like that. So she's. She's good in, in black and gold NXT. She would be having a, a takeover match. that would blow the doors off. Yeah. That's a shame, right? Like, like Roxanne against Sasha would be having an unbelievable takeover match. Eo, so- Kaylee Ray. Any, like, of those any of those women understand who Roxanne is, would, would take care of her in the ring, make her look great and stuff. And it's not that the, the out, the outing with JC Jane, like JC was like, you know, trying to like overwork or anything like that, but JC's still on the come up. So she's not there to, she's not there to enhance everyone else. JC's still trying to make her own career here as well. She should be. Um, and, and I thought it was weird having her, having her, having Roxanne lose to JC uh, in the tag team. Just, I, I love JC. I'm not knocking that. I just, I thought it was a questionable she's choice. The, she's the shocking workhorse of that team. Oh right? yeah. She's, I, yeah. Look, look, uh, she's, dude. we saw a match fairly early on where I was like, Oh, She's much better. Like initially, she's I, much I, better than Gigi Dolan. I, yeah, right, right. I, you know, I had them all kind of more, like planed at like skill level with Mandy slightly below, and now I have like like out of ten, like JC's like a seven, Gigi's like a five point five, and Mandy's like a four point five in terms of talent levels. Right. Um. Yeah. Like, like no, JC's JC's the worker in this group. Um. Yeah, uh, and then and then we have mystical, ooky, spooky Joe Gacy. <laughs> when I saw Druids, I went, thank God I didn't watch this thing, but we've decided to port all of the Bray Wyatt stuff to Joe Gacy. Are we going to put him in the mask on the main roster? That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he becomes the new Bray Wyatt. I, I mean... <laughs> 
my my the biggest problem here too is essentially like he tried to give an explanation as to why this character has pivoted. Oh, what was and, the explanation? Oh, the the explanation is essentially like none of us listened to his uplifting moral things, so now he's got <laughs> druids and shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I just turned to the dark side completely and got yeah. a bunch of like angry druids at the look. It's funny, like Vince looking at the books, going, "Man, that Bray Wyatt was a merch mover. We need a new Bray Wyatt." So they're gonna make it into Joe Gacy. Yeah, it, 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 it's just I, like it's ah. it's it's goofy. Uh, okay, let's so, get out of WWE. I'm so done with, with anything WWE. Unless you had something that you really wanted to say other than other than the Gacy thing. Yeah, man, I'm just like God. No, uh, NXT. I mean, I, I feel bad for Nathan Frazier having to like yeah. step into this mess because yeah. uh, NXT Black and Gold. It's it, it's it's for nobody. It's it's not an enjoyable watch. Like. The Tony D'Angelo character sucks. Von Wagner's character sucks. Last Legends character sucks. Nikita Lyons character sucks. Um, insofar as there are good wrestlers and even good stuff, it happens sort of in spite of the overall vibe. Like you like Valentina and Ulisa, you don't have any hope that from week to week they're going to be handled with any degree of uh precision or care because you see Casey Cat Nazaro now Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Um, and like, they're sort of nowheresville sort of characters. I, yeah, I, I just, this is a show for nobody. Um, <laughs> so or does that, does that bring us back to what AEW? Yeah. Back to, back to dynamite and I'll, I'll yeah. go. Cause now I want to talk cash and Dax. I thought it was a good match. A few things though, bothered me just a little bit. And this is, this is me talking about children. I care about very, very much, Chris. So this is said with love. Uh, in, in terms of this entire dynamite show, it felt like everything was at one level in terms of matches. And I include this one as well in terms of bringing up intensity levels in the match. Do you, do you disagree with that or not? I mean, the street fight, the ladder match, they were all very well-worked, clean types of matches, but it felt a little formulaic for a dynamite, to be honest with you. Yes. It, I think a lot of the stip matches have started the problem with the stip matches. They're starting to have the TNA thing where it's like a stip match for the sake of having a stip match, because we think a stip match will be more entertaining for the viewers than a non stip match. But have we really earned the stip and do people care about the stipulation or do they just want hyper violence? Yeah, that I was a little bothered by commentary, to be honest with you, telling me how great of a match it was like five minutes in and continuing to hammer on that thing where I want to be the one to decide if it's a great match or not. I, it, it, it really annoyed me at some point where they're just talking about, man, what a great match. What a great match. What a great match. And also I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up as well, because while I, I was very hyped for this match, it made no sense in kayfabe it didn't you want two tag team partners to fight each other because they like owen hart i get it but what is the point of the owen tournament there are no stakes to this owen tournament that have been established yet so having two two guys who liked a guy do it as a tribute that is that is fanboy wrestling stuff that breaks the fourth wall and i think it's bad for wrestling mostly I, I do. No, I, my big problem with this Owen Hart tournament has been 
it's just like, don't get me wrong. I love Owen. Owen's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But it's not enough to just be like, I want to win this tournament because Owen's awesome. Uh, th- and there needs to be a, like, like all tournaments in like any sport have some sort of weight to them. Like uh, winning the tournament means something for either a future opportunity or is in and of itself an accomplishment where like you get like the annual trophy or something like that. Like you are the... Owen Hart ring, you know, the, like I, I get, they can't do King of the Ring, but like you know, some sort of thing like the the Ring King or something, you know, like like it means something, and like being Ring King or whatever it is. Yeah, well, like King and of titles, the Ring, King of the Ring was a title shot. Yeah, well, King of the Ring was originally just to get Harley a race over. To be honest with you, at some or at least no, no, I, I, I get, I get that. I'm not, I'm not. What I'm saying is that like if you're gonna have a tournament like that, it's got. It, it, in in a promotion, it needs to have some sort of opportunity stakes to it or a major, I guess the other way of doing this would be you have it as a million dollar prize. Like if you don't want to actually, I mean, this is a narrative cop out, but if you don't want to actually associate like the top title or even the mid card title, God help us that TNT title ever get involved in this. Um, like then you make it a million dollar tournament. And so the reason Dax and Cash are fighting, even though they are best friends and tag team partners or whatever, is that a million dollars a lot of freaking money yeah and both these men have families and they both understand and respect that like winning the money would be good for their families um and so they're gonna go out there and try to win and maybe they even have like yeah. a gentleman's deal where like you know they'll split a little bit of the purse with the other one you know what i mean like, like, like something you it doesn't it doesn't require massive amounts of narrative lift but it does require a little bit well uh, my my other host on the uh, on the di- on the dynamite show over on fight game media had a brilliant idea i thought and i'll, I'll get to it in a sec but yes it used to be yeah you'd, you put a single a t- tag team guy in these types of tournaments and you'd be wondering can he wrestle like this and then sometimes tag team partners would have to wrestle each other and you'd wonder about that and there'd be that intrigue but really i don't know if they've decided if they're going to break off ftr from the pinnacle or not because they've cm punk kept mentioning you know who he was who they were associated with even though it looked like they had a bit of a blow up there i think they could always go back to ftr being in the pinnacle now if they were going to choose not to the thing to do here would have been to have a story as opposed to the tribute type of thing. You could have done, you could have done the videos and vignettes after it was announced, but MJF goes, Hey guys, good news. I got you both in the Owen tournament, man. Oh, great. Thanks a lot. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Bad news is you're fighting each other. See ya. Bye. Boom. Instant story, instant connection to the rest of the television. And, and, And then you can cut during the match to Spears and MJF really amused watching these two guys yeah. fight during the yeah. match. And at the end of it, MJF can act like he cares and stuff again, but you've now established that like MJF's a little sneaky prick. Yeah, pretty much. Be way more, a, a sneaky prick who enjoys tormenting these two guys. And like, the question is now, how long will it be before Dax and Cash finally put it together that MJF has been trying to pull the strings on both of them? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a fine match. It just didn't, it didn't get... It didn't go to that next. I would have also liked to have seen. I, Ca- it, I would have liked it, to have seen Cash been upset for losing. That's the other. Thing. It was. It was a fine tribute to the Hearts, but yes, it was. It, it wasn't was, an FTR match. It no, was a it, it, match. and it wasn't even as good as like WrestleMania. I mean, the problem with the problem with an impression or a copy of something tribute it, spots is what you're looking for. It, well, yeah, tribute spots. But like, I, I was thinking like a quote. Like, uh, the, the quote is like. 
a, a copy of a beautiful thing is inherently an ugly thing. Okay. And I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far for like, no. you know, tribute spots and stuff like that. But I do think it speaks to the burden that tribute spots and that sort of thing are always going up against. Yes. That, that there is an uphill slog where uh, another analogy to this or another weird sort of way of getting into this convo would be like, it's the Ghostbusters theme song versus Huey Lewis and the news is I want a new drug. If you are going to make a copy of something, you have to add something else into the mix that makes it better and meaningfully yes. better. I'll, I'll in in the case, real, real quickly, real okay. quickly, in the case of Ghostbusters, for those who are not, because you know what I'm getting with, yes. going with this, but for those of you who aren't familiar, what makes Ghostbusters better than I Want a New Drug by Hugh Lewis in the News? I ain't afraid to know ghost. That whole section is completely different from I want a new drug. I mean, like they went to court over this. This is like a plagiarism lawsuit and it's a textbook case of like riff plagiarism. But the Ray Parker Jr. version has a completely different section in it that is frankly more interesting than anything that Huey Lewis and the News come up with for their chorus. Um, they do something different and something better. And, and for me, this FTR match was basically just playing I want a new drug, but doing it instead of A minor in B. Yeah, I'll go even more recent. The Batman, the latest one that just went on HBO Max, to me is entirely derivative of Seven and Zodiac, both of which are better movies. And it didn't really add anything new or different to the Batman mythos. So I found it dull. I know a lot of people liked it. I found it kind of dull at times, like the first hour and a half. And I liked Colin Farrell doing his Robert De Niro impression. That was nice as the penguin. But yeah, uh, I am also here, by the way, just, just to go back into the wrestling. I am here for William Morrissey on, on Impact next, or not on Impact, on, on Dynamite next week, if it is him, if it's not a swerve for Enzo. And I think Enzo might show up and get a Powerbomb Symphony. But Morrissey in Impact, and I've been watching a little bit of Impact, and I'm thinking about adding that to mine and replacing, with, replacing NXT with Impact because they're doing some really good work over there. And they have some really good people like Macklin and uh, Speedball Bailey was really good at Rebellion this last weekend. And, and, and Josh Alexander is just fantastic as usual. But Morrissey has gotten his crap together. He has cleaned up. He has done the work. And he has improved greatly. Am I saying he's great? No. But has he improved? Hell yes, since he's been big Cass. And, and there's always been this potential with uh, the former big Cass here of a guy who can talk, who has a, a pretty good-looking physique, little tiny head, but like a good-looking physique, um, and is a personality. And if he actually has all his act together now, um, would be real interesting. I mean, look, um, Enzo, I think, has toxified and poisoned the well forever. Um, I think there are some people, I, and I would put myself in this, who are maybe never interested in seeing Enzo Amore again. They kind of have that Chris Jericho go away sort of energy for me. Um, but like, when you think about on mic personalities of the last decade who are like actually like nascent up and coming stars, Enzo does really stick out as like a guy who had like an amazing can connection or crowd yeah. connection. Yeah, I'm gonna be interested to see how the uh, how the how the dynamite uh, audience reacts to him. That, that's that's gonna be a very telltale sign as to whether or not he has a place to jump after his impact uh, 
I, I will tell you, if if Enzo comes out and he like, or if, I mean, if it is Enzo and he comes out and he gets nuclear heat, I don't know. That might be a place for him to go well, too. I, I, was, I, was yeah. there, I was saying there was going to be an Enzo spot for him to uh, to 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 try and interfere and end up getting power bombed in some way because they've they've done that kind of thing at Ring of Honor, or maybe you know, but but their working deal with Impact is their working deal with Impact, and Enzo has nothing to do with that. I could just see, I could just see a power bomb symphony on Enzo being a little bit easier while you save a big Wardlow Morrissey match for later because Spears was on uh, dark or whatever it was talking that this guy is pinnacle material. So Morrissey might be someone to consider. Cause I thought it was going to be Brian cage and I was just ready to groan to be honest with you, <laughs> but Morrissey in a heel stable, being able to do heel things would be intriguing to me in, in dynamite in terms of the talent they have there and things like that. Although they have a lot of big guys there now, they may not need him. So and I, I was just looking at, yeah, I think an Enzo heat spot one time for that crowd, which would hate Enzo, might be worth it to help get, get Wardlow over. Uh, I'm not for nothing. Uh, if you really want to get him nuclear real fast, have like Enzo come out and dog talk a popular woman like Sheeta or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, what the hell was Sheeta wearing in that mat, in that street fight match? Because I just I think this is inappropriate for a fight. I just yes, no. I mean, like, I feel like Sheeta has been copying a little bit of the look of Tifa from Final Fantasy VII for a while here. Okay, and, and but like like sort of loosely, um, and I kind of felt like that that was sort of where that was going. Can I bring up a difficult question? Sure, perhaps white top water spot yeah this was on purpose correct to titillate a little bit maybe yeah yeah and we know that this this industry is based on sex and and cosmetic you know but the problem with that though is that that match that (laughs) match wasn't right what that match to me was about was serena deep showing off a really Good looking black eye at the end of it. Oh, God, yes. No, for real. No, like, like to me, the whole point of the match is establishing that these two women are tough. They're tougher than you. You, the straight man who sits at home and like, I, I know stuff about being a man. Like these women are tougher than you. And like that to me, <laughs> that to me is supposed to be the and point. That, is that what I'm doing at home? It's kind of weird. No, nah, you're on your incel message boards or whatever. Ah, I can My incel yeah, yeah, yeah. message boards. Yes, Step yes. Off. Yes. Well, not you, but you know. Okay, like, I thought uh, you were talking about me. <laughs> not you specifically. I, I don't know. Maybe you got off of those. You, you know, you're no longer. Oh, I got my... off of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Well, there you go. Uh, unless, you but... ca- unless you count F4W, but I don't. Uh... <laughs> I'll leave the door open. Uh... Oh, no, let's not. <laughs> Maybe a mod there. Uh, anything else on the uh, Lazy River? Because I have nothing. Um. No, I, I don't, I don't, it, 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 WWE has made it very easy to not talk about AE or WWE very much. Yeah, like, I, I flipped off WWE and decided to go back into my Snooka Gordy watch from Jordan. Right, like, like it's, it's just very, like, okay, Finn Bauer had a match against Damian Priest, and I feel like maybe a year and a half ago, we would actually have, like, minutes to talk, and, like, not talk about for, like, an extended length of time, but we might talk about, it, like, a little bit, but, like, it really, I mean, it just meant nothing. Um, like, like the, the, so much of the WWE stuff from week to week, The Miz versus Mustafa Ali, the actual match meant nothing. The only thing that matters is like Ciampa turned heel at the end of it. Yeah, well, uh, interesting enough, Ali was originally in the early drafts scheduled to lose that match against The Miz, which would have made it even worse. 
to be honest with you. No, yeah, especially because, like, the Miz's character on WWE television is that, like, he can't actually wrestle. Like, that's kind of the... No, yes. that's, like, that's the character. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, the guy's, like, uh, the worst wrestler in the world. Like, literally, like, the, the character is, like, this guy isn't a good wrestler. He thinks he's, I'm like, here, a... I'm here to be a TV host, not a right. wrestler. Right, yeah, he, uh, like, this is it. I'm here to be a talker, yep. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Sonya Deville, I love Sonya, but, like, this... Whatever yeah. she's doing just isn't working. Yeah, I, I, I and I, I just don't want, I don't want heel authority figures. I just, I, it gets I'm back to the them. whole thing we talked about, where it's like, yeah, th- this is a very talented women's roster. Um, Bailey, Sasha, Asuka, uh, Bianca, Sonya Deville, um, a lot of very good wrestlers on this roster, all of whom have characters that stink. Yes, I would agree. And with that, we'll call it a week so I can. Go cook my steak. <laughs> this has been Shake the Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. Then just follow the show at Shake the Ropes, all one word. Plugs for me. Every Wednesday, I'm on the Fight Game Media Network directly after Dynamite, or about 20 minutes after we record uh, with Paul Fontaine called The Dynamite Show. It goes up about an hour after Dynamite's finished. You can get that on Patreon, patreon.com slash fight game media chris also does another podcast concerning politics it's called don't worry about the government yeah don't worry about the government you should be out with a- another episode here at some point i wrote a slate um you can go check out the last episode which is on like ukraine and the oscars and that sort of thing so a little old but you can go check it out over patreon.com slash dwatg we'll be back talking about musk and twitter talking about uh the midterm elections what else i got on here um gerontocracy in the american government uh, and the case for peacekeeping forces in Ukraine. You can check that all out over at don'tworry.tv or at patreon.com slash DWATG. That's a wide swath there, Chris. I cover a wide basis.